Smackdown on Friday nights. Here to see the fights. The type hits to make you go wild. Spow. I said Smackdown. And we're on Fox now. I'm a little flustered right now. Couldn't necessarily tell you why. Maybe it's the Bailey Hill turn. But um, I'm going to try to be as... Uh, I don't want to say nice, because fuck nice, right? Oh, Lord, look at that. <laughs> Bad words. This is not a PG program today, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to try to keep it as cool as possible. But, uh, as we can see, we have a lot of uh, extra stuff just, uh, you know, going on. All the chaotic static. But beyond that, we open up the uh, show on Fox with Roman Reigns and he's taking on the Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakacontinental being flanked by Sami Zayn who claims to be the great liberator and the poet and all of this honestly he was just annoying on commentary I wasn't really uh, huge on all of it just trying to get it get him over like I appreciate that he's you know, being a mouthpiece for Shin, but uh, it, it, scale it back just a little bit. Uh, it, that's just me. So um, ultimately, uh, I believe Shinsuke would have had a little bit more of the offense, even though the story might have been uh, being attempted to be told a different way. It was a lot of times where Shinsuke would have been able to pull through, but Sammy's claiming, oh no. You can't doubt the resiliency. Just let him let him do it real quick. You know he got it. But then as soon as things start getting a little crazy, oh, he needs me. Oh, he needs my help. No, he doesn't, brother. Fall back. Continue trying to get him over on commentary. I could be just being a little, uh, you know, off kilter with the logic. But outside of that, Roman and Shinsuke had a really good match. I thought it was it was good to see both of them going at it. We we haven't seen Shinsuke in a while. And even now in a couple of weeks with all of the, you know, transition in the Fox and such like that and the draft and all of the stuff. So, um it was good to have uh Shinsuke and Sammy both move over to SmackDown. I'll definitely say that. And um I'm, I mean, I'm not the hugest in-ring fan of Sami Zayn, but, I mean, maybe he could, you know, get up in there, too, just to have... I mean, I mean the WWE universe knows. I, I think that's what it was. I think everyone's waiting for the inevitable heel turn or the inevitable turn on uh, Sami, but we'll just see... Excuse me, on Shinsuke from Sami, which will get into one of the uh, eventual matches or potential, whatever, but... We know they had a great one at NXT. We could see a really good one. Uh, sometime moving down the line. Either way, all of that out the way. Right now, Roman, because we all know that's one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest projects that's uh, going on with, at least my opinion internally with the company, is uh, trying to get Roman over. And it's been working. It's been it's been a slow build. It's been organic. The crowd is loving him now, and um. Him going for the championship in this sense was a good uh, gauge 
just to see how the crowd would react to it. Some, you know, you got your critics and such like that that uh, believe that he shouldn't be uh, just thrust into a title shot. It had to mean something. But I thought it actually was a really good call to uh, just see where the crowd would be at with it. And the majority of the people inside of the building seemed to have really enjoyed the match. It was a good back and forth with the King of Strong Style and the Big Dog. I enjoyed it. And we had uh, the DQ uh, finish where I believe Roman picked up the victory because King Corbin came in and attacked him. But why? Because he was upset, says Michael Cole on commentary, which was a great little add to the story because I didn't notice on social media. But apparently Corbin said Roman's going to pay because The Rock should have never, you know, put hands on the King and all the rest of that angry stuff like it was good. I thought that was a real good, I mean, real cool element to uh, add to the match and make it so nobody necessarily wins or loses. So it was really nice, you know. I think it was a good gauge on where the crowd is at with Roman right now. Maybe uh, take a little bit more time, not like just pull the trigger on an extreme title shot like next week, but I say give it maybe a month or two, another storyline to develop or something like that, and then see how people are going to feel about Roman going in for a championship. Um, so I don't forget, Seth Rollins is out of the, uh, what is it, the 5 on 5 Team Hogan versus Team Flair match, the Survivor Series warm-up, and because he's clearly busy with, uh, all of his, uh, situation with The Fiend on Raw, which I'm not even gonna get into, I guess maybe after Crown Jewel, the all of the draft is officially set in stone and everyone's on their own respective shows and brands. We'll see what happens, but Roman has now been replaced uh, as the team captain of Team Hogan, which is clearly the good guy team. I can't give you the whole rundown of who's on what team, but everything has been uh, rounded out as far as, I believe, uh, what who's the team captain. Uh, I know Chad Gable and Ali are also on that team, which is perfect. I think those two are going to represent very well. And, I mean, we don't know how it's going to work at Survivor Series with 5 on 5. We'll just have to wait until that build begins and we get to that show. But y'all know I'm very excited about that matchup. I'm very excited about that pay-per-view in general. So, we, I mean, even even though we might not get to see, uh, you know, all of the up-and-coming talents, we're going to probably see, like, the top talents from each brand. These guys can definitely position themselves as like, uh, you know, uh, potential uh, replacements or guys that actually get in the match. Ali and Chad Gable both getting into or being, uh, you know, drafted for Team Hogan. I think that's perfect. I thought that was really, really cool. And Roman being the team captain, that's just another really good spot. And then going over there to Saudi Arabia to, uh, you know, represent the company and such like that. It's different fans. I know the fan base likes all of them over there, especially Roman. So it should be a really, really cool match. And again, a great warm-up for the Survivor Series. So all in all, all of that being said, a good match and a good opener segment. And shouts to Sammy. It's nothing personal at all. I, I do like Sammy Zayn. It's just, you know, it was a, just a bit much on commentary. Just, just a bit much. People could take notes from that. As in knowing how to be a little bit more you know, vocal on commentary just for the crowd listening at home, you know, not even from my advice standpoint, I'm just saying, like, 
it, it annoyed me, but I'm pretty sure there were other people in the WWE Universe that really did enjoy Sami Zayn on commentary. So, in my opinion, scale it back. But for everyone else that isn't necessarily over the top like he is, and that's not a bad thing, uh, maybe they could take some notes from that. So, alright, let's get on to the next one now. Oh, yeah, and part of me, the Planet's champion, Daniel Bryan came out for the save. They were trying to jump Roman Reigns, but DB came out for the save. We all know how that happened, and we set up a tag team match for the main event between uh, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns taking on uh, Shinsuke Naka Continental and Baron, well, excuse me, King Corbin. So that was uh, that was cool, and we'll get into that main event a little later on. Either way, the next match has... Uh, Curtis Axel, excuse me, Curtis Axel of the B team taking on Chad Gable. Now, we know we've been carrying it, we've following this for some weeks now. We talked about it last week, had a company, you know, trademarked the Shorty G name. And now, I'm guessing, luckily for Chad, he's being uh, the one chosen to, uh, you know, take up the moniker. They've gone through the whole video package of him having the nickname and blah blah blah. I'm I'm not saying anything. If the man wants to be called Shorty G or if he's okay with being called Shorty G, then fine. I've seen all kinds of different comments regarding this whole name change with Shorty G or Chad Gable or whatever. But if that's what he wants then that's what he's going to have. <clears throat> I don't care. I think it's a little much, but it's not about my opinion. So, um, if he's okay with it, if he's, you know, feeling inspired by all of the hate and the fuel and stuff like that, then that's him. Everyone is different. If he's fine being the way he is, that's cool with me. I just have a different... Uh, perspective on things I look at things differently so I'm not one that wants to remain the same I'm one that's about growth either way he took on uh, uh, Curtis Axel good match we all knew how this was gonna go I'm not really gonna talk up or down on the B team you know like it's all about you know uplifting the crowd and giving inspiration it's all kinds of uh, the segments are for everybody it's a variety show so it's a little something for everyone there. If you know how to find the positives in it, then you're going to definitely find the positives in it. So I'm not down on uh, Chad Gable or Shorty G, <laughs> you know, uh, picking up the victory there and then having an interview after the fact with the lovely Caleb Braxton, just telling everyone how he's, you know, embraced it and such like that. Even though I don't necessarily agree with the sentiment, I, I get it. Where, I, I get where he was trying to come from. I get where he was going with it. It's just I'm a little more firm in my own like, mentality. And, I mean, this guy's an Olympian. So, you know, it, what I'm saying, I don't mean a goddamn thing. Shouts to Shorty G for picking up the win. Uh, hey, shouts to Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, you know, for still being, like, somewhat of a, you know, uh, known tag team. I don't want to say respected or disrespected, you know, because everyone feels their different ways about it. But, um... Yeah, Shorty G with the victory, and let's go on to the next uh, segment. The Revival and Rudolph, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, well, Robert Roode, uh, took on the New Day and Heavy Machinery, eight-man tag, giant match. <laughs> uh, 
a lot of craziness going on. Otis and Tucker and the, the pancake and protein powders and all of this. I will say this because this is the only thing I noticed. First of all, New Day picked up the victory with heavy machinery. But I think one of the focal points here was noticing that Otis was a crowd favorite. Give me a moment. The people in Indianapolis were very, very, uh, uh, they, they liked him a lot. They enjoyed his in-ring. They saw how much fun he was having. And I think it's really gotten through to, uh, well, personally, I think uh, the guys backstage have noticed this. And this was another one of those uh, gauges to see just how, you know, like how much. You know, the crowd is into them because they've had, uh, what, maybe one or two tag team championship opportunities. They haven't uh, squandered the opportunities, even though they didn't come away with the victories in those matches. But I will definitely say that these guys, uh, Otis and Tucker, they could put themselves on the map. It has, like, that, that too cool energy, R.I.P. Grandmaster Sexay, you know. But uh, they, they have that type of energy. And that's it's just the way I've seen them. It's a fun tag team, and then these guys can actually go in the ring. You know, Otis is extremely strong. Tucker is extremely nimble and and quick too. Strong himself, obviously. So, I mean, I'm not saying throw the tag titles at these guys. Um, maybe they could, you know, build toward them. We'll see how this goes at the uh, largest tag team turmoil match ever to figure out who's the greatest tag team in the world at Crown Jewel. But we will see. They might have a, a real good showing a week from Thursday, streaming live on the WWE Network at Crown Jewel. So, let's see how that all goes out. Either way, New Day, Heavy Machinery, pick up the victory. Like I said, Otis was the focal point that match. He definitely stood out. The crowd was chanting for him. They was very loud for him. And he has, he has, he has funny moments. And, you know, the hips gyrating and shit like that to the side because I'm not even about to get into that. But, uh, yeah, he's, like I said, they have a, they have a good energy, and that Caterpillar, I think, is getting over, especially with Michael. Shouts to Byron Saxton. is a little too happy-go-lucky, but either way we look at it, I, I think Otis might be on the something. Well, we might be on the something with Otis and Tucker. We'll see how it goes, see how it continues to develop. Let's move on into the next match. Miz TV. Alright, so we're going to get into this very easily. The Miz as a face, throughout this year I've been doing this, with the transition from bad guy to being a good guy, and wanting to work with Shane, which led to the Best in the World Cup, and all of that, and WrestleMania, and you know, before that, the Tag Team Championships, and Shane officially turning, and Miz dad, and, uh, the, the, you know, a second child for Miz. It all was great. I think just really, really paying attention to, you know, the growth of Michael and Zanon as a WWE superstar. But just this year alone, in between 2018 and 2019, He's become an extremely respected character to me, and it was nice to see him do the good guy thing. I remember watching from before 2018, and the people were barely shouting Miss TV, 
And now all the way now here, we've gotten to literally hear the people scream out Miss TV. And his segments have all been fun. Him being like somewhat of the jobber to being the definite winner to having the shows where he was being was getting his ass kicked by the end of the show to now just having the show be like the transition into some really big match or big happening or leading into something really cool happening and it has nothing to do with him getting beat up at the end or whatever. I appreciate the Miz. Him on his face run has been great. And I was just starting to think to myself, you know, him going for the Intercontinental Championship, the way he did last time around being like Miz Dad or Dad Miz, let's call it that. It wasn't the same because he's being nice. And that shit, it just, it just, it just rubbed me the wrong way. So, I was thinking to myself, hmm, how can Miz begin switching back to a heel, but, you know, still keep that same fire that we've all grown to respect from him, along with talking smack. Shouts to uh, Nene and Booker T. Go watch WWE Backstage on FS1. Check your local listings. Miz last night during that Miz TV segment where his guest was Bailey, SmackDown Women's Champion. Let's just get that correct. He was showing all of the signs of that hybrid, you know, character that we've only seen a couple of superstars uh, begin to embrace. I can I, I enjoyed it. I was personally shocked because I was thinking about it like, man, we need to see a little bit more flame from Miz, and he totally brought that, and it pissed Bailey off. Now either way, she come out. We already know what he said. He called out a whole bunch of fire shit, and she was out there with Sasha. Now, personally, this is just this is boy now. I was a little conflicted. We know that Sasha was a little injured. I don't know if she's cleared for in-ring, but it was great to see Sasha. But they're on the same brand now. It's no more wild card rule, according to, <laughs> you know, according to the new rules. We'll see how that runs out throughout the month. But um, the one thing I've been harping on was no Bailey Buddies. We got rid of the track. We got rid of the inflatables. And now we've just got Sasha. And we love you, Sasha. But I'm saying, though, uh, I mean, they are really besties, you know, so I guess it's cool. But, you know, just these small things that you do notice, like, oh, man, are they going to pull the trigger on the turn too fast? Or are they going to... Let this, you know, simmer for a while and let Bailey live in this new, you know, this newfound character and actually have, like, a, a partner in crime to do this with. Even though they're all talking about a, a potential face turn for Sasha uh, soon. I don't know. I don't want to say sooner than later. I don't want to say on the eventual. I just, 
I don't even really want to believe the dirt sheets, but I can see now how that that can uh, balance things out in a way. Let's take time on it if it actually is a thing. I can't put a time limit on it, but at least give us maybe a month and a half of Billy and Sasha both being badass heels at the same time, please. If not, no worries. We'll just continue following the storylines, but let them let, let them do their thing. I mean, we was we were, everyone was calling we was gonna get a crazy heel turn out of a Alexa Bliss with Nikki Cross, but we see how that's been working out for them. And um, whew, real random. But anybody seen how Kofi was grinding up them pancakes? I think he was just doing it naturally. Yeah, he could be pissed off, but you're not gonna. Let something like that stay over your head. You're not going to let it stay in your head for too long. Power, positivity, da-da-da. If I could suggest how a storyline could go with that, maybe he doesn't turn on the New Day because these guys want to stay together for a while. If they do, maybe they can get back together. Lucha House Party 205 Live. But maybe they could, uh, maybe Kofi could be pissed off and get these cats out of this pancake bullshit because now I'm saying it. I'm getting a little sick of the pancake act. It's too happy. Power positivity. Positivity don't need to be all fucking sunshine, strawberries, and happiness. I'm just saying, though. I- I'm saying, though. The, we, we know these guys are the greatness. We know these guys are one of the best tag teams of all time. There's no question in that. The bright, the bright colors, pastel, and... I get that. I'm fine with that. I don't even bother being upset about that shit. But all of the strawberries of happiness had this man jump into the fucking shoulders of the beast. And we seen how that went. What are we doing? Oh, they're going to split up. Kofi's going to turn on them. And then what? You're going to watch these guys fight, and then it's just going to go to nothingness? Is that, is that what we want? Is that what we want for the longest reigning tag team champions in history? Show me another tag team that's going to do, make something like that happen and make it fun and bring magic. Show me. Show me some more tag teams that could do that shit. The Revival? Shouts to the tag team champions. These guys are one of the best in the world. I'm just going to have to go there. Did they sign? It ain't nothing talking on the dirt sheets with that. So, no magic there. What else we got? Heavy machinery? Sure. But how long before we get tired of seeing that cool front flip in the fucking worm? Show me some magic. Who's the magic? Bailey and Sasha? Maybe. But, but I mean, this is the, the, we, let's be serious. Because those are the women and these are the men. No disrespect, Charlotte. See, I said I was a little flustered today. You know, <laughs> a little bit of sparks. Let <laughs> me just calm down. The lights are starting to flicker a bit, but um, maybe Kofi can get pissed off and have these guys realize that the happiness in the fucking pancakes need to chill. Throw some waffles at them. I don't know. I, I'm I'm just talking stupid now. Either way, um, barely cut one of the best promos she ever cut, hands down, no question. You know, throw back to Austin and McMahon. I'm not even gonna, you know, harp on it, but life sucks and you die, nigga. Part of my language, but just, just keeping it real. And do I believe that personally? I believe life is what you make it. But this dry, uh, 
the, this this callous this the experience this this new Bailey is exactly what the WWE universe needs. And I'm not saying for myself. Because I already knew this was there. I'm just shocked to see, uh, you know, her like this. Nikki Cross won the six-woman or the six-pack challenge match. Just call it now. That's what's up. But the way Bailey was looking up at her, that was magic. That was magic. He's looking up and she's down there. And then, yeah, it was nice. I know I love watching the, you know, a little bit of, you know, chatter off microphone during, you know, the moments and stuff like that. But shit, Bailey could have stared a hole through her for the rest of that segment and I would have fainted. It was great. Shouts to Bailey. Shouts to Sasha for jumping in the moment she did on Miz. And shouts to Miz for bringing back a little bit of that edge that everybody was looking for because I enjoyed that shit personally. Like, go ahead, bad Miz, two-time. You know that you're must-see. And now next Miz TV is totally must-see. Now, all of that, let's just run on into the main event. Well, first of all, you know what? We're not going to overshadow the ladies at all. What was it? Is it Nikki Cross, Mandy, Sonya, uh... Pardon me. Uh, pardon. Yes, yes, yes. So this is Nikki Cross, uh, Mandy, Sonia, uh, Mella, Lacey, and uh, hmm. Pardon me. I apologize for uh, losing this last lady that was in the match. But either way, how could I forget? It's so disrespectful. Dana Brooke. It was just a freak. Just, just because we haven't seen her in a while, but we all know. But first of all, we're going to start off with Dana Pill. Flex Appeal? Flex Appeal? I said Dana Pill. Dana Brooke. See? Because that's how I buy about it. Flex Appeal? Put him up? Look, it's been getting practiced during segments in between commercial breaks on Raw or moments we didn't see on Raw after Raw or some shit like that, but perfect. It's great. I think might be on to something. See a little bit more of the gymnastic side pop out. Dana pushing like a giant swanton bomb during the match. <laughs> Come on now. You... Don't get me too proud now. Don't get me too proud now. Lacey with the woman's right. Who did she do that to? Did she hit, um, uh, did she hit Dana Brooke with that? Fucking perfect. She was whooping Dana Brooke's ass. That little jump over the ropes into the dropkick over the bottom rope. Yo, Lacey is getting better each and every time she's on television. Um, only thing I would say Melanie needs to do is just work on that moonsault. Not moonsault, pardon me. Work on that uh, Hurricanrana. Just, you know, I think she's still working on it. We haven't, I don't remember seeing one of them uh, thrown in the play last night, but she's great. I, I, I think it was a time I was talking about her earlier this weekend. Well, talking about the ladies, well, the women's division earlier this weekend. I forgot to bring up Mella, which was totally my fault, pardon me, because I kind of already said what I needed to say from, from maybe like last week with Mella, just working on her Karana, and after that, just, she's great, she knows exactly what she's doing, she's been out there long enough, she's got the character, she's got the fan base, she's got the look, you know what I mean, and there it is, like, she's, she's, she's money, see how that worked, anyway, um, those super kicks, I think she already knows this, 
but just smacking the thigh just to give a little bit more of the effect. What? We just gonna continue to see how the princess from Staten Island, who has beaten Charlotte Flair and Asuka twice, is actually gonna shape up in the women's division in this new era. Uh, who else do we have in that match? Nikki Cross came out and said she was gonna win and actually won, so those are all points for her. Shouts to being solidified to the, you know, new trade to SmackDown Live. Very cool. Um, what else do we have in that match? And Mandy and Sonya. Mandy's knee was eh, but it was just because of all of the crazy shit that was going on in the match. So I'm not going to deduce or deduct any points from that. That was good. Mandy did a great job, and she clearly has the goddamn look, and she's a cover model. So come on. I'm just saying. And Sonya Deville. I'm not even going to hate. I like Sonya a lot. I've been biased towards Sonya for a while now. And then I recognized that other people that weren't really as keen on her as I am. I think those people were proven wrong last night because Sonya went in there and though she didn't win, she totally looked like a force that match. I appreciated it. I enjoyed watching all six of those women go in. The little uh, the flippy double elbow that Dana delivered outside the ring was perfect. And like I said... Nikki Cross, Bailey, one-on-one, of whenever, whenever we see them women go one-on-one for the Women's Championship, but, yeah, this is good. I think Nikki Cross is one of the more, the, the bigger favorites in the match, and she's got a little bit of a look to her herself. When she was up there on the ramp coming down and talking on a microphone, she actually looked way better than she's looked in some weeks, just from an aesthetically pleasing standpoint. Like, she looked nice, not... Like, oh, she's hot and I'm attracted. No, no, no. But she was cute there. Like, very good. Very good. Very good. I think her, I think Bliss is starting to rub off on her a little bit. Very cool. So, that was the ladies segment. Y'all know I can sit here for the rest of the damn day and talk about the ladies. Just, you know, trying to build and uplift and, you know, just talk about all of the awesome athleticism and such like that. Like, just, I think that was, that match really showed that it's not just about the horsewomen. It's not just about Becky and Charlotte. Because SmackDown Live got a lot of them too. I honestly think that SmackDown got the better pick of the women's division litter. But we will see uh, how Raw is able to respond to that, especially with Survivor Series coming up. We'll see how that all goes. And the main event saw that tag team match with um, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, who are undefeated as a team right now, uh, taking on, uh, well, let's see. Shinsuke Nakakatsu into and King Corbin. It's a good match. It's good stuff. Um, what was the victory? Pardon me. Give me one moment. Pardon me. Yeah, we saw the finish where Roman speared Corbin through the barricade outside into the timekeeper's area, which was hilarious. Great stuff. Shouts to the crew member that the barricade fell on top of after the fact. <laughs> I hope you're okay, bro. Um, but he knows what he signed up for with that shit. And um, we saw a couple of crazy knees and kicks from Shinsuke throughout the match off of the announce table. And we saw a, a missed running knee from Shinsuke to DB and a big giant running knee from DB to Shinsuke for the 1-2-3 victory. Um, and shouts to them. That was the main event. But hold the phone. Pardon me. Before the main event, we did get 
uh, Drew Gulag taking on the Monster Among Men, Braun Strowman. We know Braun needed to build with um, Tyson Fury heading into their matchup at Crown Jewel. So um, they threw Gulag in. And, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. First of all, we all know Drew Gulag is one of the best. One of my favorite picks in the company. He's on SmackDown now. Daniel Bryan's on SmackDown. So we one step closer to that dream match. Let me just compose myself. <laughs> um, I think that match was a great example of what happens when you transition to the main roster. I'm not upset with the ending or how it went. I think it was really, really cool for Gulag to have the opportunity to work with Strowman. Just like it was a great, it's a great opportunity for Strowman to work with the undefeated Millennial World Heavyweight Champion, you know, in boxing. Like that's that's awesome. So, oh, it's completely different over on Raw and SmackDown. I don't want to say the main roster because everyone's on the main roster now. Just leave it alone and leave it at that. We're working on Raw and SmackDown. It is totally different. It's not as intimate of a setting. It's constantly on the road. There's storylines. There are people that have been trying to fight their way up the ladder, reach up at a brass ring for the longest amount of time. And there have been plenty of times where all of the fans, or a lot of the fans in the WWE universe, a lot of the critics in the WWE universe, uh, it felt like the NXT upstarts were being overlooked, being overshadowed. They weren't getting their fair, you know, their fair, you know, their fair showings because they're, they were so great in NXT, but, you know, now they're not even being utilized at all. They're not being used properly. This person's a star. All of the complaints we know. And Finn's special. Finn's over back at NXT. I have uh, all hope for him. I, you know, he's back on my good side, I guess. I don't know. I don't even want to say it like that means anything, you know. But it's like it was a hard sell on Finn for the longest amount of time. And since he came to the main roster and beat Roman in, like, the first night and then won the championship and then got injured the night after, well, right afterward, it's like, mm, you seem cool, but nah. But since then, you know, he had been building from an in-ring standpoint, because that's where I really, you know, that's where everything really shines to me. Uh, he, we already know what he can do in-ring. There's no question about it. It's just uh, waiting to see how the character would be developed. And now he's back to NXT, so I'm excited about that. But that was one of those crazy stories. It was like, you look at Breezy, you know, and Fandango and such like that, and how he had to go back over. Now, that's not the solution for every single superstar that comes from NXT, goes to the main roster, and then goes back to NXT because they nobody knew what to do with them, or there wasn't anything to do with them. But it was, um, it was refreshing to see Gulag get in there and, um, you know, be given the opportunity. But have everyone recognize, like, look, this is what we got for you. And it may not be the most flattering. It may not be the most favorable. But at the same time, this is an opportunity to get in there with one of the top guys and you're not looking weak at all. But, I mean, you're not going to get your ass kicked because you're going against the Monster Among Men. So it was cool. I, I enjoyed it. I thought Gulag bringing back the PowerPoint presentation was, you know, it was a good, you know, a good throwback to 205 when he was on and 
I'm talking years ago still when he was, well, well they was a heel faction when they was uh, trying to ride the train together, but it was, um, it was cool. That was nice. So, shouts to Strowman. Uh, and his piercings. Good lord. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's a strong man. Anyway, um, and shouts to Gulak for, you know, actually being utilized on the main roster. So, we will see how uh, things continue to go. That was SmackDown Live. Uh, 205 happened. Pardon me for forgetting about 205 last weekend. Heading into this week. What did we get with 205? We had, um... We had the Brian Kendrick taking on Gentleman Jack Gallagher. Uh, Brian Kendrick still wants his respect, and he's kicking ass to get it. I'm not upset with that at all. We'll see how things continue to develop. Uh, maybe Gentleman Jack can get some of the comeuppance, but maybe he could go through a little bit of the character evolution himself because we've seen a lot of the same him, and we've definitely seen... The only thing that's remained the same about Brian Kendrick is the theme song. That's it, but he definitely went through the change dealing with Tozawa, and now we see him back, but it's like now he's... He's a new Adam because he was with the Molecule, split from the Molecule, but still has some, you know, good powers from when he was a Molecule, even though he's Adam again. So it's good. I like that. I like that. I'm not upset with it. Uh, it's cool. And we had the Bollywood Boys in action against uh, two Justins. <laughs> Those locales. So I just, oh my goodness. Whatever. Um. So good stuff with that. Um. And, you know, obviously, uh, these guys beat those little colleagues. So, shout out to the Bollywood boys. First ever Bollywood draft picks. And then, in the main event, we had a triple threat between Tony Nese, Oni Lorcan, and who? It was Tony Nese, Oni Lorcan, and it was a third character that... Uh, it slips my mind right now, and I feel a little silly for it. Hmm. One moment. And Arya Davari, pardon me, I had to think about that. It was a good match. Tony Nese picked up the victory. No gulag no more. So these guys didn't necessarily have to turn on each other or anything like that. And Tony Nese picks up the victory. I mean, he'll probably be trying to see Leo Rush fairly soon. We'll see how it goes, and uh, we'll see how it all plays out. But either way. That was uh, SmackDown Live and 205. Uh, good week for WWE, in my opinion. We're not going to talk ratings. We're not going to talk any of that. We're going to continue to let this marathon run. And it's all going really well, in my opinion. Uh, nobody's out here trying to kill themselves. Nobody's trying to injure their opponents. And uh, hopefully this continues to, con to be the way it is as uh, we continue to... Uh, build the product. I'm not even going to say rebuild the product because this is already a behemoth. This is a, this is a giant story building in the sky at this point. And we're just going to see how this machine continues to, you know, move forward constantly. So, um, good stuff. Shouts to everybody to bring you the uh, podcast each and every week. Basically myself and uh, WWE. If you listen, you listen. If you don't, that's your fault. You're losing. You're missing out. But, um, yeah, all in all, I will catch you guys next week. And we will be moving to the Crown Jewel pay-per-view one year and doing this. I'm still deciding on what I want to do. Don't rush me. Don't try to push me to do nothing I don't feel like doing because a lot of these people in the WWE Universe are not prepared for the type of opinion I have to give them. They're still looking at the product to talk to their buddies about. I'm looking at this product to build the product. So there's a complete difference between me and them. 
whether you want to call it something else or not. There's no embracing who I am because I'm constantly growing. I'm not going to stagnate myself. So we have to continue to think about what we're going to do to move forward. And that's that. Peace.